Perfect. Donkey shame, darling, donkey shame. Da, 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 da. Donkey shines, donkey, donkey, donkey shines. That's from my new book, Intentionally Misheard Lyrics. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Edrick, and this is episode 349. Sorry, I didn't step on your line there, Ian. What? You can just talk whatever you want. Just when? Start yeah. Am I what? You, whatever you are ready okay. to go. All right. Are Hi, everybody. Now? This is Sneaky Dragon. It's episode uh, 249. 249? Yep. You would be wrong. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. Yes. It's very hot where we are right now. <laughs> Has it fried the mathematical part of I've your brain? I've got a fan blowing on me, and it is blowing air from Hades itself. <laughs> it's just blowing hot air on you. It's like one of those mm-hmm. uh, fans that is red hot, and yeah. it's just blowing a hot breeze. Yeah, it's like you're sitting in a metaphor for this show. That we're a big hot breeze. A <laughs> big bunch of hot air. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. Nice. Well, nice to meet you, David. Good to meet you, too. Sorry, right. I'm just going to pick up my teeth for a second because I've do. got something weird in it. No, nope, please. please. Keep it classy. Okay, I won't. All right, you do that, and I'll tell the folks uh, about what's going on. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Seeky Dragon. Uh, we are uh, two gentlemen who do a podcast. You know, it's one of these two guys talking podcasts. Anyway, um, we've been doing it for a while, and Pretty we're going to be heard. doing at least one more. Uh, <laughs> and next week, we are doing our question episode, which we do every time we reach uh, 50. Of some sort. We did it our 50th. We did our 150th. I don't know much, but anyway, I think uh, so. We're doing it again. Uh, long story short, you've been sending us questions. We appreciate that. Yes. Uh, you've got one more week to send us uh, qu- more questions. Yes. Uh, you can do that uh, sending at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com on our website, sneakydragon.com. Uh, other methods we'll tell you at the end of the show. And it can be anything. It can be something personal. can be something impersonal. can be something spiritual. can be something uh, metaphysical. Whatever whatever you want to ask us, we will answer uh, on next week's show. We've to, been getting the your best questions. best of our abilities. And we appreciate them very much. Yes, um, we do. And just one other thing. Yes. Um, we've had a few people. Uh, I, I talked about this a little while ago, but maybe people misunderstood me. Our T-shirt supplier. Send money. Our T-shirt supplier oh, wait, no longer... Supplies us with T-shirts. They oh. they they sold their they sold their presses and 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 folded up that part of their shop. The other part of their shop is is still a booming business, I assume. So uh, it's taken me a little while, but I have found another alternate T-shirt source. Okay. Um. And so I have, we have a few orders that are outstanding, and I apologize for that. It's just uh, it's been a really busy um, summer for me, so I apologize for that. But I have found a new supplier, and so we do have a few outstanding orders. Please do not worry. I am going to get those in the mail very soon, and they'll be on their way to you. So hopefully you will see them within the next two weeks. Very nice. All right, everyone. So sorry for the delay. I apologize. And um, if you want but, a shirt, uh, go to SneakyDragon.com. Go to SneakyDragon.com. And uh, go to our store. And uh, you, you know what we don't sell at our store, which we probably should sell at our store, but we don't, is our, our, is our book. We have a book that's out, and it's called Sparks. It's about two cats mm-hmm. that uh, want to be heroes. No one takes cats seriously as heroes, so they dress up as a dog. And become the greatest hero in the world, but you can get that on whatever Amazon your country has, or in your local bookstore. And Nina a, Matsumoto does the art, sorry. Dave does the coloring, I do I the did, writing. Go I ahead. Did, that's true. And I have a new book coming out called Sprax. It's about two cats that dress up as Kathy, and uh, oh, the, the character Kathy. That's right, Kathy Geiswise. Yep, very good. Was her name Kathy Geiswise? Geiswise. She named herself her. They, she named her comic after herself. Yeah, just like Marmaduke did. 
Marmaduke is written by a dog. Uh, that's why it's a little bit sloppily drawn because he draws it with his mouth. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah. It's, it's good for a dog. It is really good for a dog. It's good for a dog. You know, and it's uh, his brother does uh, Fred Bassett. Oh, as well. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, so uh, they got a bit of a rivalry between uh, the two of them. Okay, it's not nice. as bad as the Heathcliff Garfield rivalry, but it's uh, it's it's no, there. That's a that's a deadly. Mm-hmm. I've heard them yowling on the comic pages at each other. So everyone, yes, uh, send in your questions, please. Uh, we'd love some more. Love them, love them, love them. Please do. The more and... the merrier is my, my feeling. And as I've explained on the show already, each question is worth a chance in a raffle pants. Every time you, every question means your name goes in. So if you ask two questions, you get your name in twice. If you ask four questions, you get your name in four times, et cetera, et cetera. And our grand prize this year is going to be a shirt of your choice. A mug with a Sneaky Dragon logo and a tote bag with a Sneaky Dragon logo. And you'll probably get a Sparks thing as well. And you'll get a Sparks thing as well. Probably. Because we're... More than likely. <laughs> uh, and That's and a... other things. Oh, yeah. Here's the other thing. Uh, trying to get this business done off the top so we can just get on yeah, to yeah. getting on to it. Yeah. And we can uh, go home early. We uh, Oh, that'd be lovely. Uh, we're also doing another podcast right now, our sidecast. Uh, if you liked uh, co- Completely Beatles, if you liked Totally Tintin, uh well the trilogy has is coming to pass <laughs> uh we are doing full marks okay. where we're going over uh every marks brothers movie yes and yes, we, uh, uh, most recent one was night at the opera that is correct that is out right now and you can hear us talk about a very very good marks brothers film uh we just recorded a different one and that one will be coming out in a couple weeks so oh there we go there's a little hint as how dave feels about it is it was there yeah. a hint you said uh, we 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 talked about a very good film, mm-hmm. and we, there's another one so okay. <laughs> that, we're, that we're talking about next time. Take well, we'll that see. as uh, as you know. It's just sure. like I was I'd, like, to be... I'd like you to meet my amazing daughter. Yeah, and the other one. I was trying to be neutral. <laughs> I was trying to be neutral and like not give away anything. All right, so. Switzerland. <laughs> That's what they call me. Yep, the big Swiss, a real Swiss miss. Yes, Swiss miss. <laughs> a miss is as good as a mile. All oh right. Oh my gosh, I'm. Well, you can tell I'm tired when I just start. Clang associated. We did. Uh, we did our other podcast. Mm-hmm. We're in a very, very, very hot room. We, uh, we we're not hot. even sweating anymore. No, I have no. Uh, I have no nothing left. All to that's give. happening now is we're dehydrating. Yeah, you I'm know. just. I'm just oozing salt at this point. Yep. Yeah. You are just pour- salt is pouring out just of your fingertips. Crystalline. I look like a. I look like a crystalline structure, like a creature made of salt. We're we yeah we are some sort of eighties eighties movie where we've been hit yeah. by a ray. We're turning yeah. to salt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or. We could be. Uh, it could be in the biblical way. You may have turned and looked right. at something that you should not I'm have Lot's looked at. Lot's wife. That is correct. Yes. Yes. So uh, yeah, I wonder what happened in the Bible. Like after Lot's wife turns to salt, does Lot then gather up said salt? Started a salt business, selling salt, and called it Lot's wife's salt. <laughs> Lots of salt. Lots of salt. Well, here's my here's my problem that I've always had with the whole Lot uh, situation. Really, you have some problems with the whole Lot yeah, situation. Yeah, so Lot is running, me running away, yeah, and his wife's there too. And this is from uh, Sodom, is it? They're running away from Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom, yeah, and Gomorrah. Yeah, is it Sodom or Gomorrah? They're not together. Sodom no, they're two two cities though. They're just side like, by side. I guess so. Uh, one of them's blowing up, but not the other one. Like they didn't blow, they blew them up at the same time. God went both of you at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, well, there you go. So anyway, uh, they're running. And and another Lot, Genesis story. and Lot's wife, who doesn't mm-hmm. even get her own name. Her name Claire. Is that so hard? Anyway, so Claire turns. That's not a Jewish name. And looks. Uh, that was that was but one of her sins. Well, you could have you could have pointed out to me that at that time there were no Jews. Oh, very good. And so she turns, and it's too bad. Yeah, and she turns and 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 looks back, and God goes, "Oh, none of that," and then turns her into salt. But how does Lot know that? 
if Lot doesn't turn back to see his wife turn into salt. He just goes, where's my wife? Uh, there you mm. go. And, uh, and then, you know, she, she, you know, expects it's kind it's of a Thanos situation. <laughs> yeah. I Unless mean, there's a, a person who is right behind his wife. And, and as he's passing by, Lot's going, Hey, you know, your wife turned to salt. Whereas I think what probably did happen at that point yeah. was, uh, she went, you know what? I've had enough of this guy. And she just like took off <laughs> and like, tell him I turned to salt. She left a pile of salt on the ground. Yeah. And like, tell him that's me. Mm. And it's like, okay. It's oldie times. People that, will believe anything. That could have Lying happened. hasn't been invented yet. That could have happened. Where's the first lie in the Bible? Cain, denying that he... Uh... But did he oh, deny maybe... or did he not? Yeah, he does. He says, well... He says, am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? Meaning... But that's not a lie. No, but it's prevarication, that's for sure. So it is a form of lying. Oh, okay. But maybe even uh, Adam. What did, what did Adam say? Um... How about Eve when she said, I'm going home to mother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a real lie. What mother? Uh, doesn't okay. So God's walking in the garden. He's looking for Adam, and he finds them hiding in the bushes because they're embarrassed. Right. That's not a lie. It's just shame. I'm pretty sure that they they own up to eating. The do they fruit. own up to eating it? Yeah. They don't go no. Okay. So maybe the first lie is Cain. But I don't even know if that's a lie. I think it's a lie. Because you're. I mean, he's he's being very artful and legalistic, but I think it's essentially a lie. Mm-hmm. You know, where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? He knows yeah, where he I is. Yeah, I think, I think, of course, the better argument. He knew where he was. The better argument the is, is this: is uh, hey, where's your brother? Oh, I just killed him. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Says who? Says me. That's the first I'm hearing of it. <laughs> where, oh. where'd this come from? This whole I can't like hit my brother with a rock. Maybe you shouldn't make a head so soft. Maybe that's the maybe that's the issue in rocks so hard. Maybe flip that around and we got no uh, issues. Make soft rocks and hard heads. No, there's no more murder. You have a you have a legalistic mind. Yes, I'm. You, uh, that's, you look you look for the you look for the loopholes. Yeah, that's what Kane said. I ain't no country. Uh, I'm just a simple country lawyer. <laughs> I wonder if there are any lies in the Bible, like anyone telling a direct lie. Like, is is this a thing? Uh, no, and uh, being caught. I don't think there is. I think everyone's pretty straightforward. There's things like, you know, uh, you will betray me before the cock crows. But is that Simon who, who betrays Well, Simon Peter, yeah. Sure. Simon, yeah. And, uh, and, but, but Simon doesn't think he's going to betray Jesus. It just no, happens. No, no, no. He denies it, yeah. But he's... He's not going to... I'm not going to do it. But he... Yeah. Oh, wait. He denies knowing Jesus. Just denying knowing there Jesus. There we go. There's, three, there's, a there's a bunch of That's lies. A lie. okay. But I think, I think there are other lies in the Bible. I think... And I think... I do think Cain's answer is a lie. Because he knows where... He knows where Abel is. He just doesn't... He doesn't want to say because he's murdered him. So he just says, am I my brother's keeper? Which he assumes is a bad thing. To murder. Yeah. I think I think it was known to, to murder people was bad. Oh. I think it's a generally understood idea that Is bad. it? Yeah. When you're, there's four people in existence? <sighs> well. Oh, wait. No, there's the wives. It's The wives are around. The stories are myths. They're not intended as historical facts. So you can't, mm-hmm. you know. I don't think to, to people who are reading those stories that they... They thought of them as being like isolated because it'd be kind of weird, like like how did Adam and Adam and Eve's children procreate and stuff like that. Like they kind of like, kind I of think stop if you went to point. the southern United States and they'd said, an "Are answer? those stories real?" Uh, they'd go, "Yep." I'm I'm sure if you went into the northern Canadian provinces, you'd also find people who believe no, that. No, no, it's just but bears. It's just bears. <laughs> but if you, uh, but yeah, that's a pretty recent understanding of the Bible. Okay. Within the last, what, right now, 2018. So within the last 150 years, that would be when that idea of the Bible grew. For that time, people did not see it that way, as a literal thing. So it's pretty pretty recent. And before then, they just use it as like 
something that if, it, like, it had a it was a powerful it was powerful stories of of uh, of human action and, and interaction. A good place to put a flower if you needed to like flatten it. That's also very good. You can or write down the names of your spider, families and you could like hit the spider sure. with it. No, oh, no, I think the... people considered it as a book of wisdom. Okay, but I don't think they saw it as a book of historical fact or a scientific textbook, which is how people want to see it nowadays. I, I had uh, I went as you know I went to uh, catechism, which is the Catholic education sure. system. Sure. Till I was about uh, seventeen, okay. maybe sixteen, seventeen, and uh, man, that seemed like they were taking shit literal. Felt like it, like uh, I, I, but then again, you know, that's really a volunteer position, and so people just bring yeah, their own baggage. Bring their own baggage, and they feel like they're talking to kids, and they don't want to. They don't want to. They talk down to them, which I think is a real mistake that that religions make. Not introducing. Not re- introducing a nuanced understanding of belief, I think, is, is yeah, I don't, a mistake. I, that... I don't think some people want nuance. They just want well, clarity. They just want it that's... to be like black and white. Yes, no. Unfortunately, it's not right, that, left. It's not that simple, but sure. Simple. They Whatever. want it simple, <laughs> and that's why they're going for that. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you're right. If you want that, then you can find it. Oh yeah, you can find it in anything. Yeah, you can find any. You can find all kinds of black and white science that's not nuanced. Yeah. And what you gives can you get very simple anything you want from Alice's restaurant or the Bible. Those are the two, <laughs> the two places. The two places you can find you it. You can get whatever you want. I mean, I think in life you can get that. It doesn't oh, have to be the Bible. I think in anywhere in life, if you want a simple answer that has no nuances, you can find it all over the place. What if you want a snappy answer to a stupid question? You have to go to Mad Magazine. Oh, oh. Or buy the paperbacks. By the way, thanks for bringing that up, Dave. Oh. I, I do write for Mad Magazine now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. Thanks okay. for bringing that up. I appreciate sure, no the problem. lead-in. Do you write snappy questions, or snappy answers to stupid questions? See, I really should do one right now. Sure. That would be the perfect time. You Shut up, stupid! <laughs> That's not a snap. I guess they were that level, weren't they? Yeah, it's pretty, right? They were pretty, uh, they were more like stupid. Garbage face, dumb, dumbass. <laughs> they were, they were like stupid answers to stupid questions. Let me try a different one. You ask me this question, I'll give you a snap. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, are uh, you writing? Like... Oh, sorry. Okay, no, are you writing? Go ahead. Are you writing for, uh, uh are you writing the stupid, uh, or sorry, snappy answers to stupid questions? No, I'm writing for dumbass question askers weekly. Would you like to be interviewed? Stupid. <laughs> it's too long. Okay, all right, let that's me try it again. Let me try it again. Ask, no me, ask me again. That, ask me no again. Snap in that brim. Ask me again. Uh, are you uh, currently writing? Fuck snap? off! <laughs> that's pretty snappy. There you go. Yep. And they have to make sure you throw Profanically some... Mad is the, and, the magazine I Since it's, it's Mad Magazine, I always throw Doggy Doo in the person after you. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. Very good. Seemed, seemed like half of Al Jaffe's inventions involved Doggy Doo. Either something to make smoking more convenient or Doggy Doo. Those were the two. Two things. Well, that his they both look like a cigar. Around. You learned how to draw they, one thing. They both orbited around. Yeah. The other, the other day, my uh, my cat was in the backyard and was startled by a wiener dog that was. Uh, there's a two houses over have okay. a wiener dog. Yeah, and I was like startled by the sight of it or startled by the its sudden appearance. You know what? Here's the thing. There are other dogs in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and my cat reacts like this. Like that, just like yeah. a little bit like that. A little but hostility. when it sees the wiener dog, yeah. it kind of like really freaks out. Oh. Yeah. And I'm thinking about it, and I think the reason is because it's the only uh, it's the only animal that also looks like its feces. Like it looks <laughs> like exactly what comes out of it. Okay. Right. So like if you didn't expect it and you thought mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a there's a piece of poop in the uh, over there, yeah. you know, because I'm a cat, I don't know depth perception super good. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, and then all of a sudden it starts walking around like, whoa, this ain't right at all. Huh. That's not a good thing. Yeah, there's no other animal that looks like its feces besides a wiener dog. Huh. I've known some people. Oh my gosh. Maybe it's just their behavior I'm thinking of. 
I was just thinking of like a snappy answer to, or a stu- <laughs> to, 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 to that kind of thing. <laughs> Feeling bad about that. Did you... Okay, I had that book. I had several of those books. And I'll tell you right Did now... Did you try to use them in regular conversation? No, I never, never do that. But I never filled in the blank one. Oh. Ever. Was there a blank one? Yeah, I had one. It was an oversized one and it had blank spaces in it to write in your own... Oh, like a Mad Snappy Libs answers. for the for, for for the time. Yeah, I guess. And then you could like you know be creative, be like you know shut up, your dog's ugly, whatever. I'll think you're snappy, <laughs> and then then you write your own at the bottom. What uh, what's your favorite thing in Mad Magazine? Fa- favorite thing in Mad Magazine? Let me think. Let me think for a second. I like sexy pictures of Betty and Veronica. Sometimes they'd have those in there. I like that. Um, also, Sergio Aragonis. I always like Sergio Aragonis. I always like Sergio Aragonis. I liked when I was younger. I liked uh, the lighter side. Later, I didn't. Yeah, of course, but uh, but yeah. uh, you know, it was really really stuck it to hippies. <laughs> I think my favorite thing in uh, Mad, in Mad Magazine was okay. I'll tell you two favorite things. My first right. favorite thing was and no saying Dave, don't say me because I'm pretty new to this and mm-hmm. you know it can't be a favorite. Yeah, and I know you would don't normally worry. say don't worry me. Yeah. Okay, but please, I'm putting my I'm putting my I'm taking myself out of the yeah, running yeah, for this. Out of the running. Okay, please continue. Uh, the Mad Fold in. Yeah, pretty I always great. loved the fold-in. Pretty good. And the other thing that I, I really liked as a kid was uh, it was a super special that inside it had the first issue of Harvey Kurtzman Mad ah, as a nice. smaller uh, color yeah. insert. Which which wasn't called Mad. It was called... Tales Designed to Drive You Tales Mad. Tales Calculated, calculated to Drive sorry, You Mad. Yeah. Oh, so close. But uh, yeah, and I really I just love the drawing style in there because it had starchy... And it had Wally Wood, and of course Wally Wood's draw- drawings of women. If you're talking about sexy Veronicas and stuff like that, you know they're fantastic. Yeah, and then and I loved Harvey Kurtzman's drawing style, and this is a lot of fun. It was interesting. It really, it really made me curious to know more about Mad Magazine. You know, and I spent the next fifty something years of my life <laughs> exploring these things. You know, that's a something that shapes you. I was thinking about this a little while ago, and I don't know why. I was maybe thinking about music, music. I maybe because I was thinking about Don Quixote. And how it shaped me. But then one of our listeners, Marcus Harwell, had r- written in uh, with, and he had quoted, was quoting things from SCTV. And I was like, oh, okay, well, those things also, you know, I would have known Don Quixote before I saw SCTV. But because that Alberta Bound was in a, an episode of SCTV and things like that, where, so that would bring me a connection to it, you know, because I'd be yeah. like, oh, I love this song. And so now I, I like the show even more because they like this song too, you know. It's kind of like when Monty Python played um, Yummy, Yummy, Yummy. Uh, yes, they had a episode where the characters are all hiding in boxes, so they just had the crates on stage with microphones and stuff set up, and then they're playing "Yummy, Yummy, Yummy." Not the original version, a cover version of it. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, well, in England, had a weird thing, and I have a few of these records where they would pay studio musicians to do as close a cover version of the hits as possible, so they could sell those as greatest hits albums, and not pay the the band royalties, just pay the mechanical royalties for the publishing. And so they'd make more money that way. And so, yeah, there's quite a few. I have one at home. It even ha- it has a version of the Beatles live at the Hollywood Bowl on it, but it's being sung by people who are imitating the Beatles. But it has <laughs> it has the it also has though the screams and stuff like that on it. But it's not the Beatles singing. So it's just their Im- their imitation of the wow. live at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, it's very curious. But that there is you go. very interesting. Yeah, I found that when we were in England one time, and I was like, I cannot resist this. I have to take it home with me. It's coming home with me. It's coming home with me. Uh, we were talking about the influences and and comedy and SCTV. I was watching a, a bit of uh, History of Comedy on CNN, which... Just one second, sorry. Please. And by the way, thank you for that uh, comment, Marcus. I appreciated the Oh, clips. thank you very much, Marcus. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm watching a bit of the... His- now, famously, the History of Comedy 
originally came out at a time when like Trump had been elected, and there was every every week got bumped because there was something stupid going on. Yeah. So they just bump uh, history of comedy. I was like, oh no, I don't like that. And and <laughs> and and so this season they seem to be like playing it every week. Okay. That they're supposed to. Yeah. And uh, and let me first of all go. Cliff Nesteroff is on almost every episode. Okay. And that guy is such a well of knowledge about comedy it, it, a delight I think to I say well to. oiled but you said well he's well knowledge. oiled yes. he's lubricated he's <laughs> ready to go sure he never dries up doesn't squeak uh he de- well let's go he never dries up because he doesn't dry up about knowledge and he's always a delight to listen to no matter where he is mm. now let me throw in a that said now that said that said here's a snappy answer to the stupid question yeah history of comedy is shit the it's, show is shit it's shit it's okay. so bad it's so bad and i it's I, not I, his fault it's not his fault. Every time he's on, he's giving an interesting bit of information. Okay. But the way it is structured, yeah. it's uh, it takes every laugh out of everything. They never let anything play long enough to get a laugh. Okay. They'll start uh, after the setup. They'll cut before the punchline. Mm. Uh, the rhythms are wrong. They treat everything incredibly seriously. And then cut to a comedian explaining something about that comedian. And it's just so sickeningly earnest that it's just oh this is it's just it just sucks every bit of joy out of uh out of out of the comedy and they had one you know this week which was gone too soon and i'm like okay well this is going to be an especially bummer yeah one and yeah they were showing all these clips of john candy and at one point you know they they uh they talk about like his planes trains and automobile uh films and steve martin's talking about how that big scene at the end was monologue just always brought him to tears and it's like okay now that's not the funniest thing in the world but don't say it show it yeah show it it's an amazing scene why aren't you showing it or show me the scene with them with the pillows you know the hand between two pillows scene yeah. that's great nothing it was just a lot of scenes of them like standing on a train platform and like hugging and like well, what does this mean this is nothing it's not funny huh. it's not the really good scene it's not nothing and that's what almost all of it is it's like, if you, like here's freddie prince he's an amazing stand-up uh, but they're just they're not showing him really say anything or do anything yeah and then they move on almost immediately to the next person so you never get a sense of anything and it's just well comedy sure not funny they just found a way of like making this like nothing. Wow. Yeah, it's a dra- it's a drag. A and like horror. Cliff Nesteroff had his own show, I believe, on Vice, uh, where he kind of went through things too, and he was it was quite good. And I, w- I would prefer to see something along those lines. But man, history of comedy is all stuff that I should love, and I do not care for it at all, sir. Hand on desk. End of statement. <laughs> have you seen any of them? Uh, no, I have not. Very no. good then. I read the I read his book. His uh, uh, comedians. The comedians, yes. Yep. I don't, so thought that was quite good. Yeah, this not a, that's not what this show is. This my, is, my only problem with that book was it's kind of like, uh, and then comedy started in the Las Vegas clubs, which was full of prostitutes and drugs and da da da, and then they got into such such, which is full of murder and. <laughs> yeah, you see, the history of comedy is so gruesome. Yeah, and it feels like well, I'm sure <laughs> that's true, but it must have been had some fun in it, otherwise people wouldn't do it. So this was uh, I was listening to a, a Jay Leno interview that Mark Maron was doing. This is podcast talking about podcast. And he was saying oh, the, re- the reason is this the segment that- of the show. There you go. There, he was saying the reason he didn't like uh, the "I'm Dying Up Here," which was, I believe, an HBO series about Mark Maron didn't like it. No, no, Jay Leno. 
didn't like O.J. Him. Leno didn't like J- him. J- J- and that's that's his generation. He's talking about. Yeah, that's too. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's a show that takes uh, the comedy very seriously. It's behind the scenes. Yeah, of yeah. like you know a comedy store type yeah. you know Mitzi Shore type situation. Mm-hmm. And he went like, yeah, it's missing all the joy and the laughter yeah, and yeah. people goofing around. And like when I watched, I was like, yeah, as well. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're just. It's so. These are comedians. Oh. Yeah, and they're going to the be same, making jokes. It's the same thing with the history of comedy. It's just like, yeah. oh, but it's so. It's like, no, you've got the tone completely wrong. Like, and then when I, yeah, s- you need a balance. Like, there are serious elements to comedy. People's lives have tragic sure. elements to them and stuff like that, and that should be treated seriously. But you do need to have the other side of the coin of this thing, which is why are people there? Well, they're there because it makes them happy. It brings them joy to be up on stage and doing this stuff. It's, yeah, I'm trying to it's think not of, all torture and, and... I'm trying to think of a show that could really give the flavor of what it's like to be but that, backstage and just goofing around. And, but that uh, tortured artist effect, you know, it really, it really, the whole romantic ideal of what an artist is still, still haunts our culture. Yeah. You know, and it's, once again, it's not, it's not that old of an idea. It's a late Victorian idea of what an artist should be, which is a serious, you know, racked, you know, emotional, driven, you know, person who has trouble, you know, and, and, and all that kind of drama. And, and it's pretty, it's a pretty recent idea. I mean, before that time, most people who are artists were, you know, they were workers. They were workers. They worked as, as journalists or whatever, and they wrote books and things, you know, and they were, you know, like they weren't, they weren't in a garret, you know, uh, slicing a piece of bread into the, to, razor thin slices to make it last longer because they were starving to death no they you know they lived a life yeah i think i think one of the problems with a show like i'm dying up here or or other ones that try to do that the one thing they really miss out on is the audience connection sure and you don't get that feeling of like when you go up and you really connect with an audience and you feel that you're you're part of the room Mm. and it's it's that's a really thrilling uh sensation and they they all seem to be doing comedy at the audience and the audience either really approves and they're just taking it like that, but they're not really feeling it. Or, or the audience is super mean and just calling them names, and they got to drag the uh, heckler out. And it's and, and I'm not saying hecklers don't exist, but yeah, it's for the most part, yeah, you get that connection. You make a connection, and the whole room is now on the same page about something, and that's just a, a really interesting feeling. They don't seem to be able to pull that off. No, they don't. It's it, it is. Uh, I was just trying to think of how you would show that effect of the audience connection. I guess. I guess you could show it. You know what I almost, think? You, almost metaphorically or almost symbolically more than literally. I, I would I would show a little bit of uh, the audience in the lineup and just pan through the lineup and just have little snippets of conversation with people of just like someone celebrating a birthday, something else is going on, some couples on a first date. Okay. You know, other things are going on. You get a little snippet, a snippet, a snippet. Then you go into the club and then you see the act and you see their reactions. And some are like, you know, really on board. And some are like, I'm not sure. Maybe the couple is looking at each other, making sure the other person laughs. Mm. And, but then they're, they're good and now they're bonding over it. And yeah, you just build it up and see how, mm. see how this goes. And it's a tricky thing to do. Yeah, you're right. But it usually is this us and them kind of way of presenting things whenever you present comedy fictionally. Yeah. And then, of course, you can't write good jokes because no one would write really good stand-up jokes and then give them to a TV show when you could just use those for yourself. Yeah. So the stand-up is always like, hmm, is that – it's not quite real or you'll, you're never going to get a breakthrough kind of uh, performance, you know, even though everyone's usually going, that guy's the best. He's cutting edge. He's mm. always saying things that we're thinking. I'm like, no, no, can't pull it off. Can't do it. Uh, the other thing that those shows have a tr- trouble with, I, I find, is is the comedians are rarely very funny. 
So their material isn't that great. So you're, you have this idea of like, well, why is everyone? That's yeah. Why is everyone laughing anyway? Because it's not even funny. So, yeah, yeah, this is bad stuff. So I mean, because the fact is, is that to be a comic, to be a good comic, you have to work and polish your material for a long time to get good at your material, and then to you know to reach an understanding of how you best present yourself and stuff like that. So they're hiring actors who are just spouting words written by writers. No one's putting in the time to create a sense of what what a comedian actually is, if like you, a personality and a, yeah, if the you, delivery. And I'm just gonna say, if you wanted to have something very realistic and you had an old, a whole season of a show, have a comedian that you see uh, performing before the main comedian that we're focusing on. Yeah, and every every time they do the same joke. And they tighten it every time. And mm. so the first time they do it, they get like a mild laugh, enough that they go, like, oh, there's something here. Yeah. And the next time they do it, they get nothing. Sure. And the next time they do it, they, they add too much to it and they get like nothing. And the <laughs> next time they cut it and they get a little better. And then by the very end episode, it's their killer end bit where they're just raising their hands up, good night. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you get to see how this uh, bit developed yeah, realistically. Yeah, and it's yeah. just a little side thing from a character you don't really see. But it was just before the other uh, stand-up. Yeah, that would be good. I mean, it, I mean, but of course, we're interested in the processes. And I think to people who are producing these shows, who are making these shows, they have an interest in the history, or the, else they wouldn't be doing it. So they have a love of the history of this stuff. But I don't know if they have an interest in the processes. Mm-hmm. you know. And so to them, they might be thinking, well, that would be boring to an audience to present the same joke over and over again with slight variations, yawn. Whereas to us, that's very interesting because it's all about how... You know, simple tweaks can change, make a joke better or worse. You know, I think I'm. Uh, I'm I, I never can remember the name of this show, but it's the one on Amazon. Happy Days. The, the amazing Miss Maisel, the oh, marvelous yeah. Miss Maisel, okay. uh, and and in it, she's uh, she knows Lenny Bruce. Okay. And they don't really get into the at least the episodes I've seen. They don't really get into the drug side of things, and I love that. Yeah. I love that, like... You know, well, he, he wouldn't have shared that with everyone. Like, right, it but would it's be a the, secret part of his life. It's the part that I think a lot of people are trying to get some real good drama and juice. Yeah, yeah. Go like, this is the stuff that's really gold. And it's like, no, that's the boring stuff. Yeah, yeah. Seeing him yeah. in his crutch is the boring stuff. You want to <laughs> you wanna see, like, how he's working the act and yeah. what he thinks of jokes and sure. how he delivers and yeah. plays in different rooms. It's like, that's so much more interesting. And she does that, too. She's like, she performs all these different rooms. Yeah. And she's not a drug addict or anything, so you get a little bit of... That vicarious thing, but uh, but yeah, it's like, oh, all right, what are we doing? Uh, here comes the drugs. That's uh, boring. It's just so dull. It's so dull to watch that. Okay, oh, yeah, there's yeah. There's Lenny Bruce drug part too. That What's that? Is there a Lenny Bruce drug part? Is that what you meant? Uh, the Lenny Bruce. I haven't seen him do drugs oh, okay. in the uh, in the sh- in the show yet. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's boring. It's uh, yeah, it's not important. It's it's no more interesting than than if you showed him taking a shit. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need. I mean, you know, it's a part of his life. It's apparently a necessary part of his life for Lenny yeah. Bruce. Although Lenny Bruce, I'm going to go by Albert Goldman. I know a lot of people don't like Albert Goldman, but in my opinion, his books are incredibly researched. Uh, sometimes I don't like his conclusions, but I do think he's a very good writer. If you want his description of Graceland at the beginning of his, the Elvis Presley uh, biography he wrote is priceless as a description of a, of a, I don't know what you'd call it, a tawdry, trashy, hillbilly, you know, um, whatever sarcophagus <laughs> you know just this thing is just amazing his description of it is amazing but his book about lenny bruce is is probably his most um he's probably his probably the person he felt the most connection to as an artist you know because he was a jazz bow albert goldman he wasn't like a rock fan so someone like elvis presley was interesting to him but he wasn't sympathetic to the music and same with gotcha. john lennon with the beatles he was interested in him but not sympathetic musically 
But with, with Lenny Bruce, he could really understand him, his relationship to, to the bands, how his act developed as a way of making them laugh mm-hmm. almost before the audience because he played such hostile clubs. Yep. Um, his, and his addiction as something that wasn't a creative part of him. If anything, it was just a crutch and something that held him back, you know, and it was something that he was a needle freak more than he was a heroin addict. He loved all the accoutrement of being a, being a, a junkie. He loved having all the syringes and, and the, the, the leather cases and, you know, cooking up the heroin and stuff. That was all the stuff that he liked, you know, and it was almost secondary to the heroin itself. But eventually, of course, once you're addicted, you're addicted. That's it. You know, you're going to die trying to go to the bathroom in the toilet. That's, that's your eventual fate as a junkie. Because where you spend most of your time, because you're so plugged up. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, not an interesting part. What's an interesting part to me is the fact that he had like a denim suit. Like I just like the idea that he had like a jean suit, not a jean jacket. It was an actual suit jacket made of denim with denim <laughs> pants and a denim tie. I didn't know that. And he thought that. that was really smart, you know. It's not wrong. It's interesting. It's interesting for sure. And even the descriptions of like when he worked in the the stripper clubs and stuff like that, and and the the loose morals of it, which was a real eye-opener to me in my 20s, as someone who grew up with this idea of the 50s, you know, as the corny idea of the 50s that were fed, uh-huh. you know, as, uh, you know, this sort of Dwight, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower era, you know, everything's pure and good and everyone's atomic families and this and that. And then you read this book about people, you know, working strip clubs in South Beach and getting blowjobs off, you know, on the side of the stage and stuff like that. And you're like, hmm, that was a different time than I thought it would be. That's very different. It's people... You know, and I'm not condemning them because I feel like for those people, that was a way to get out of the trap of sure. of this 50s, you know, ideal life. You know, that it's probably driving people to drink more than it was helping people, you know. You know, this is where I'm a here's where I'm a square, Dave, um, where I've worked I've worked in strip clubs and I've uh, done burlesque shows and mm-hmm. I've toured with strippers and all this and this. Is. Sure. There's a local show and it's uh, I think it's called Rent Check and it's I like the concept which is just like regular people can strip if they want and it's like you can win money okay. and this kind of stuff and it's it's done with a very sex positive attitude. Okay. And it's, it's like all right, there you go. That sounds fine and good. And then like someone was mentioning that they've got a room off to the side that's like if people want to have sex. And I, and when I heard that, I went, "Ew!" <laughs> like it feels like for yeah. this to be interesting and mm-hmm. sexy, yeah, there's got to be something you take away. You can't have so everything. You take away the sex. You take away the sexy. sex. You yeah, can have everything but the sex, yeah. and that makes it oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But like, like, and then you go over here and you just have some sex, mm-hmm. and I'm like, eh, it's just it seems so seventies gross. Yeah. Like that, like though when I'm all I'm bad mouth in the '70s. Here's the thing about a key party that sounds interesting: that you try to have, a, you try to pretend that this is normal, mm. that this is a normal party, yeah. and we're gonna have dip, yeah. and there's gonna be dip, and there's yeah. gonna be chips, and there's gonna be some celery sticks, sure. and uh, and we're all gonna talk about just normal stuff, yeah. and then the sex happens. But you gotta have the the straight stuff first. Yeah. For the, if it just came in and just like everybody fuck. It would just be, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's sad and not good, and whatever. And too I just went, oh, young people today, it's too bad mm. that you've got to have your sex room. Yeah, and that's that's grandpa here saying, <laughs> you know what, save what a square, save some of it for you know yeah. the apartment or the van later. You know, it doesn't all have to be in the same place. Yeah, but no, maybe I don't, I, well, I don't think you could describe. I don't think anyone would describe porn as sexy. 
in a in an alluring sort of way. It's more. You mean like an actual uh, an actual set. yeah an actual porn like an actual porn movie like oh a porn movie yeah if you're watching a porn or whatever sort. Here's where I think it would be. sexy. I don't think it's sexy. I think it's, it's here's where I think it's sexy. I yep. think it's sexy. Uh, it's 1974. Okay. You and a bunch of other people lined up to see a movie like it's a movie. Yeah. It's all the accoutrements of a movie. You sure. buy popcorn. Yeah. You get a cola. You sit down. It's like you're seeing a regular movie, but then like a sexy movie plays. <laughs> That's and what's interesting isn't the sexy movie. Yeah. If it was just you watching it, it would just be. Eh. But it's like that you're in a room full of people that are, and you're all trying to pretend like this is normal yeah. and you're cool, and this is not the weirdest thing you've ever like been through. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the thing. It's the adjustment. But I don't know if that's to, sexy though. I think there's that's a, interesting. I think there's. I, think, I, th- I think interesting is sexy. I think. I think everything no, is. You're I, th- wrong. <laughs> I think. I think like one thing. Well, you can't okay. say something is sexy or not being wrong. If someone thinks something is sexy and it's sexy, if someone says something isn't sexy, it's not sexy to them. That's that's just completely you know uh, their thing. And uh, to me, it's like one thing removed or one thing that's out of place is yeah. what takes it to the next level. But like actually, yeah, watching. Watching just like a straight out porn, someone watching that on their laptop, there's nothing sexy about that because no, that's just what you do. It's yeah, it's not it's not presented sexily. It's just no. presented in a over the top, almost gross way. That's you know that's that's lurid, mm-hmm. and that's what's interesting to you because most most of us can can have sex, but we don't have that kind of lurid grossness in our sex. So that's what's interesting. But we don't you know we don't. I'm not saying all of us. I'm just saying most of us, you know. And I look at like something like a burlesque. For you who are having lurid grossness, that's fine. I'm just saying right. most of us don't. We have, you know, you have loving sex, you have exciting sex, you have whatever kind of sex, but you don't have like a lot of bodily fluids everywhere and a lot of, you know, just slipperiness. Well, and that, that, this I, and that, that and I think has become... Ma- mascara running. And like any, it's like anything. You've come, you've come into the uh, genre or whatever it is. Uh, way late in the game where they've had to up the stakes on everything oh, sure. to the point where you're going, what's going on? Oh, this is bananas. <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? Uh, well, that's like, def- we've definitely reached a point of decadence. And, oh, uh, and, well, yeah. we've reached a point of whatever you want. And if you and if, and if a person can't do it, we've got a CGI thing that can. Yeah. And do you like a cartoon character? Well, you can watch them have sex, and that's fine. Like uh, I'm 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 looking at posters outside of. Uh, you know the uh, the offices here, mm-hmm. and they've got like a lot of burlesque shows. And here's yep. here's one that they've got coming up. Sure, it's a uh, it's a burlesque show. And burlesque used to just be a person uh, takes off their clothes. Maybe someone tells some jokes, and there you go. Yeah. All right. So this is a person takes off their clothes, and the theme is Nick Cage movies. It's Nick Cage burlesque. Okay. But you know what? To me, I haven't seen that before. There you go. That might be actually kind of interesting. I don't know what to expect. Whereas normally I'd go to like a burlesque show and go like, okay, I generally know what's going to go down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to say it's it's dull, but it's a little predictable it's, and and and, it's bl- entertaining and, and bless once you or and twice, it's yeah. yeah, you see like one dancer, ah, yeah. second yeah. time, eh, you seem to be doing the same general moves. Yeah. But if if you're telling me there's a whole evening of like Nick Cage themed burlesque, yeah, that is a wide genre. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm interested in seeing your Wicker Man. I'm Just, interested in seeing your Con Air. Will you have a Peggy Sue got yeah. married? Just don't be too close to the stage for Bangkok Dangerous. That's my advice yeah. to anyone listening. Yeah, Bad Lieutenant would be pretty obvious, You too. know what? I think a, a key party would have been uh, good as a great opportunity to take someone else's car. They're just too busy. You know what? That actually seems... I mean, you return it, but you're like, wow, I wish I could drive Fred's Jaguar. That's a really nice looking car. I'm going to... I should say Jaguar. Let me... Uh, well, if you, that's the kind of thing you would do at that party. Um... <laughs> 
Here's what here's what I would say is it would be an interesting heist movie. Okay. Okay. So you uh, you get a there's a fancy key party. Yeah. Okay. So you 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 set things up so that you move into the neighborhood and you rent a house or whatever. Sure. And like you ingratiate yourself into the neighborhood. Okay. You make sure that your partner and you are very very sexy. So you're going to get invited to the neighborhood right. key party, right? It's hard to plan that, but all right. Okay, there you go. So you get you get finally to the key party, yeah. And they put all the keys in a bowl, yes, right. And then some sexy sexiness is going on, sure. Everything there, and then you'd steal all the keys and steal every one of their cars, yeah. And you take off with the cars, and they're all in states of undress. Yeah. You take their pants, you take all their clothes, <laughs> and they can't get they can't like call the police. How are you going to take all of the cars? Oh, because what you do is you take the keys and yeah. you dump the bowl out the window where you've got your partners waiting. Oh, okay. They all grab the keys. Okay. Off to the cars they go right. and uh, and drive them all off. I thought just while they were, you know, enjoying themselves, you have twenty minutes. Yeah, but you've so also you've got put, park all the cars on a on a. On now a car I don't carrier. know if you run away with at that moment or if you have to commit to the sexy sex so you can also go my car too yeah yeah you know you've got to sure. you got to you got to pull off that your car has to be yeah perfect. but that's the that's the big uh, car heist uh, thing and then huh. like we should we should call the police we can't we're having an orgy <laughs> would someone actually say that when people just be like well i guess we can get dressed and call the police but you don't but they've taken your pants oh what are you going to do you're going to like call home like how are you going to get home like you all yeah you know, does the does the owner of the house have enough pants for everybody? You're luckily, gonna go to everyone's house. Luckily for house? me, I'm a Mormon. Mm. Don't remove my underwear. Ah, very good. I believe I. That's probably a myth, but what the heck? Could be. Let's call MythBusters. Very good. Uh, and Swiss MythBusters. Oh, I like Swiss MythBusters, folks. We are very okay. Two things. One, <laughs> we're insanely hot. Yeah. All the fluids from our brains have evaporated. <laughs> we apologize for this. Yes. I've had very little sleep. David's had very little sleep. It's true. Both have very little sleep. My situation, I'll just say this really super fast. This was my story of the day. Was, um, was we had, uh, the landlord come by the house today and he brought an electrician and he brought a plumber mm-hmm. and, uh, they were going to, uh, check on some stuff that insurance people went, oh, that's not so great. And so, uh, my landlord's all, hey, you know, this actually works out great for you because, uh, you know, you get a safer house. Okay. So, uh, there's a lot of talking downstairs. This uh, isn't the landlord. This is the property manager. It's a property manager. You're yeah. correct. Who kind of is an acting landlord? He's who I pay yeah, yeah. rent to and whatever, but he's not sure. the owner of he's said house. He's not the house. owner of said house. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, oh I, I, I don't think I'm allowed to talk oh, to him. Oh, dear. Set off the alarm. All right. Well, you know what you set off? What's that? Is the, the one man show alarm. Because you said, I talked to the landlord this morning. Yeah. As soon as you say that, that sets off the, uh, one, the one person or one person play, uh, <laughs> Alarm and look what happens! All hell breaks loose. So way to go! And there they go. We wish everyone. Oh, phew! This is a fire. This is a fire engine. We wish everyone luck with that. So, uh, so uh, they go downstairs. They're looking through stuff. Uh, we have the door to downstairs kind of closed. I'm sitting upstairs with my wife, and then I hear like more people than should be downstairs. Downstairs. Okay, yeah. They're having and a key party. As it turns out, it was like the actual owners of the house are downstairs, mm. and I just hear the words like, "Well, we might as well sell." I'm like, "Oh, that's not what I want to hear." So, because um, we're renting the house yeah. until someone sells the house, yes. you know, and that's always like hanging over your head. Sure. Uh, so, what we were told was by the by the landlord, who, by the way, at, by that point had locked a cat that wasn't my cat into the house. That was weird. <laughs> the cat's running around, but I'm hearing this information. I'm like, I gotta get this. I gotta hear what he's saying. Then I'll let this cat that shouldn't be in here out. Yeah. Um, but he's saying that the uh, there's a problem with the hot water heater where. 
it should be draining water, but it's not. And if they well, no, it's not. That should be draining water. It should have an emergency drain in case it breaks. Emergency drain. That's then correct. Then the water so will sorry. drain away. Right. And so to do that would apparently cost a substantial amount of money. And they've mm-hmm. got to move where the electric, uh, the the fuse, the, the fuse box is, and that's going to cost money. And so the owners are thinking that it would, might make more sense just to sell the place and tear it down than to than to repair it. So that's not great news for me. Because it's uh, basically uh, losing losing where I live, uh, so so yeah, we got to, we got to told that today. So I did not get much sleep after that. No, I not don't, much. Yeah. It was a very stressful uh, day. Yeah. They're coming back on Tuesday to see if they can figure out a way to do this, but yeah, probably uh, more than likely uh, going to have to move, which is an enormous pain in the ass, well, that's, and that's it's really and see. it's really difficult to do in Vancouver yeah. specifically. Uh, yeah, we will wait. We wait will and wait see, and see because you know th- this is obviously they're hearing this stuff for the first time. They're not. They're just reacting. You know, they're just gut reacting. They're not thinking through what they're what they're yeah. saying. So you know, if I've run you know, some cooler suggestions heads might pre- by them, and yeah, we'll cooler see. heads might pre- prevail, and you know, the plumber might give them a a solid way to do it that isn't super expensive. Yeah. You know, why? Why I'm? Why, what's shitty about it? Just may say this. Okay. What's shitty I, about it? Just that there, is there's two separate things that need to be done, so both things have to be corrected. Sure. Well, what's shitty about it, please? Well, what's shitty about it is that this was okay 50 years ago, what yeah. the setup that you have. But the the city it, is putting in these measures so that older houses have to get knocked down because they don't want older houses standing up. They want them knocked down. Yeah. They want to create condos and townhouses so they're leveling neighborhoods and this is one way they're doing it is by changing instead of having grandfathered uh plumbing and stuff like that which of course times change and and codes change and stuff like that but the idea that your house is any less safe because if your your hot water heater breaks water's going to go on the floor and not have anywhere to go of course it's inconvenient you don't want and you want to make sure your stuff is off the floor for in cases such an incident but it's not deadly it's not like you're going to accidentally walk downstairs, slip and fall and drown in, in water that's come out of a, of a hot water heater. It's really quite silly. The fuse box is a little different. I can understand that because in this case, you have a, two separate suites in one house yeah. off one fuse box, which is perhaps not strictly legal. Yeah. And that's on the landlord, obviously. But the weird the thing about it is, is that they need to look at the fact that, okay, this is an investment property for us. And what is your investment? Your investment is not in is not in a quick sale, especially right now when the market's fairly soft. Your interest is in maximizing your profits from from this investment that you're making. You know, and the fact that you're unwilling to invest in your own investment seems really, really odd to me. You know, and I think once they start to kind of look at the money, when they look at the money, like how much money they would have to shell out to pay for these upgrades, mm-hmm. you know, and let me say, it's probably less than a month of your rent for them to fix these things. It won't, it's not that much to, the fuse box will be a little more expensive, but to like drill a hole in the floor and put in a, put some gravel down it and put a, I don't know, I don't think that sounds that. Yeah, it doesn't sound like that big a deal to me, but, but yeah, and and that's the thing too, is like, how much is this costing? Yeah. How much is it going to cost, you know, and, you know, to basically completely uproot us for, you know, uh, this is, this is, this is just in general. Here's, I think I've, I've told this story before, but this is, how I sort of feel about our neighborhood. I love the neighborhood. I love the people around us, generally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I love the cats that come and visit. I love our garden. I love being in the backyard. Yeah. I love having a backyard. It's amazing to have a backyard. Sure. Um, so one one day I'm like lying in bed and I hear a, a guy talking to our next door neighbor and just like, hey, how much is uh, the house? How much is the house? 
And like, uh, just to the house next door. I was like, what? And, uh, he just bought the house next door. Okay. And then, boop, little sign goes up. It's like house bought. Yeah. Uh, and the person he was talking to didn't, uh, like, own the house, but there was a family that was living in the house. The family gets kicked out of the house. Yeah. So they get knocked out of the house. Uh, and then, uh, a bunch of crime happens in the house because people break into the house to, like, steal shit and all whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's abandoned. And it's been abandoned for, like, about a year now. Huh. About three months after the guy bought the house, he flipped the house and sold it for more. Yeah. And then someone else has been holding on to the house. But I always think, like, unless you own something, there can always be a guy with white hair that just comes to your place and just goes, yeah, I want that. That's mine. Yeah. You know, fuck your life. Your life doesn't matter because, uh, I got money to be made. So, sure. uh, that one, that's what I'd like. And I'll make some money and, you know, and that's what it is. And you, you don't get to live there and you don't get to have a life and you don't get to, you know, have your friends over and make dinners. And, you know, for some people, like the people next door, raise a family. Yeah. You're like, no, you're done. You're done. I got money to be made. Fuck you. Get out. Uh, and, you know, and, and they, and they don't think they're doing anything wrong. They think they're helping the economy, I'm sure. They don't see themselves as a bad guy or anything. But that's, yeah, they probably you know, don't care. They probably don't care. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's money to be made. And I, I think of like things like the, this, this like, um, drug addicts that are in the neighborhood that they bust into a house and like steal copper wire or try to steal your bike. And I go like, well, those guys aren't great. But they're not dangerous like the fucking white-haired guy. The white-haired guy is, is the biggest danger to me because yeah. I will lose everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, not everything. I've got wherever I am with my wife is my home. Yeah. Uh, but like I will lose, uh, where, I, li- right where I live, yeah. uh, on just an impulse buy. Mm-hmm. If, if this, you know, bird flies by and goes, you that I want, I want it. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's difficult for sure. And I mean, the problem is, of course, the longer you stay there, the harder it gets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a friend, a friend of mine that you, that you know, he lived for 15 years in a. It was a condemned house. It wasn't supposed to be occupied, but he lived in it for 15 years. Paid pretty cheap rent to the owner of the property. Got his electricity from the uh, extension cord running from the carport, uh, the house next door into into his his house. Uh, so he was limited what he could have. He couldn't have an oven in the house mm-hmm. because he didn't have the 220 volts for it, but he could have a fridge. But when the fridge turned on, it slowed down the turntable when we were listening to music because the fridge would brown out the, the lights and everything. So it'd be like, fridge turn on. But um, he lived there for 15 years and you feel pretty complacent and safe. And then one day your neighbor comes and says, sorry, we're developing the property. So yeah. you got to move on. And he had a hard time with that. I helped him move, and I'll say quite honestly that I did most of the moving because he just wasn't in no condition to, oh, yeah, to, yeah. to deal with it. It was just so, you know, just, he was in such shock. He's in, you know, you know, because yeah, it gets hard. The harder you're there, the longer you're there, the harder it gets. You know. Yeah, we stayed for quite a while at our last apartment, mm-hmm. longer than I think uh, Pia wanted to because she's she moves quite she's moved quite a bit, and it's yeah. not as big a deal for her. Yeah. Uh, but like. Remember, like at the end of it, uh, getting the final kind of loads into the van, and we 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 just didn't quite make the deadline of like you know uh, it was gonna we we're gonna need like one more day mm. basically to get yeah. the stuff in. And uh, the woman who was running the 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 building, you know, uh, gave a big heavy sigh and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I almost like lost it on her and just went like, we have been here 
for like 14 years. Yeah. And I can think of three separate times we've stopped this place from burning to the ground. Yeah. Like where we've like reported some, like someone leaving a thing on the stove and it was on, it was, it was, it was going to be a fire or there was also a fire that happened in the laundry room that no one called in. I called it in. Yeah. Everyone thought that it was called in because the fire alarm was going off, but the fire alarm wasn't connected to anything. Yeah. So it was like, it was like okay, three just separate things where we stopped this place from burning to the ground. Yeah. Uh, we've also stopped like all these different crimes from happening and all this other shit, and we've done our best to like help her with other things. And you just feel like, oh, we're all part of this. And then at the end of it, it's like, no, you're just a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. You're just a renter. You're just a fucking renter. You know, you don't matter. You don't matter. You'll be gone. The next person will be in, and then the thing. So nothing, nothing you do matters. And it's like, ugh. It's just a, a a gross feeling to that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, if we, it feels like the only way to be safe is uh, you got to have money. You got to have a lot of money, and a pro- I'm sure people who have a lot of money don't feel safe. They probably, in their own way, feel like I could lose it any time and for whatever. Sure, for sure. But it feels like that's the only way. You mm-hmm. know, is is to actually own something to yeah. know that someone isn't going to come and just tap on your shoulder at any point and just go, "Hey, buddy." Keep moving, you hobo. Just keep it, keep it going. <laughs> no, and again, it's maybe true, it's and... not going to happen. Maybe, yeah. maybe it will. It's not worth being completely stressed over at this point. But yeah. ugh. well, you know, we had a lot of trouble in all, with our house in Aldergrove when Mister Potter took over the savings and loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite, quite tense for a while there. Um, but yeah. you, you guys have an interventionist God, right? <laughs> Who will actually send <laughs> angels to alter reality That's and teach exactly. life lessons? That's well, it didn't work with Mister Potter. No, it didn't work at all. It's weird. It's interesting. It turned out that it was it was not a wonderful life, and the world was better off without him. It's weird that they it's... didn't go the Scrooge route. Like it feels like the angels who are up there, yeah. would have gone. Oh, there's Mister Potter. We should send three ghosts down on Christmas, yeah. and show him the error of his ways. Sure. And that would like solve the same amount of problems. But they went, no. You know what we're gonna do? The other guy, the yeah. good guy for once. Let's do yeah, that. Yeah. Let's let's Seems go. Fair. Let's uh, let's I'm show not... Bob Cratchit what it's what it's like to to to. to be... Well, but he's Bob Cratchit. If Bob Cratchit was feeling despair, how do you know Bob Cratchit wasn't? What do we know of Bob Cratchit besides a couple of dinners? Well, I mean, this. I mean, I've read the story, so I know that maybe I know more. About oh, okay, him. very good. Maybe more detail there, but yeah, I don't. Bob Cratchit doesn't. I mean, Bob Cratchit has a tough life for sure, but and it you know, and he does have moments of sadness and stuff like that. But his story is one of what Dickens wanted, which was that people help each other, that it shouldn't just be an interventionist God stepping in, mm. but people helping people. That's, you know, there's one of my favorite hymns at church is, uh, Christ has no body now but yours. You know, and that's the idea that Ooh. you are... It's a, it's a good line. Yeah, you are Christ represented on earth, and that you're the person who makes the changes. God is not going to do anything that way. That's not what God is for us. We are We are responsible. Do you think in, sorry to go back to Christmas Carol for a second. Please do. Do you think after Scrooge passed away, uh, Bob Cratchit took over? Hmm. Or how about his nephew, Fred? His fr- Fred didn't seem to be interested in that business. Also, Bob, that's true. Bob knows the business. Yeah, it's possible. Good for him. I it's think possible. that's I mean, a, it's possible or who knows? I mean. Also, it doesn't seem like his the business nephew, would have gone his nephew f- needs it. His nephew seems okay. No, he seemed pretty well off. But yeah. I mean, most, I mean, let's face it, at that time period, property was passed down to oldest son or oldest relative. In most cases, in a way, it, it was a way to keep a property whole because yeah. that's what was most valuable was the property. All right, then if if his not nep- that Scrooge had a lot of property, I think he just rented. If his nephew, but, yeah, but his nephew doesn't know the day to day of running the business, so no, he'd no. probably have to promote Bob Cratchit for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah, I think Cratchit would. I you know I'm not saying 
But I mean, the great thing for Scrooge is by the time he passed away, Cratchit would have been upset that he had to take over the business rather than happy. Why is that? Because Scrooge died. Before the tra- his, tra- his transformation, Cratchit would have been more than happy to dance in his grave and say goodbye to that old Oh, trick. do you think he felt that way about him? Like he felt, well, he defended him to his wife? Yes, but I don't think he loved him. I think he... No, know, no, no. Yeah. I, now let's not go crazy. But yeah. he would have loved the new Scrooge. But again, we're talking Victorian era. Uh, you're an old man, Victorian times. Good yeah. on you for living that long. You know, well, so you're probably... People live, people, what live you to, people live to a ripe old age. He's already a ripe old age. I'm just saying, people people lived older than that. Like, people live for a long time. I don't know if maybe you don't realize it, but people actually lived for a long time in the past. If they made it. Well, that's the same with us. We but life a, expectancy has increased. Because of... No, of, no, of, life, of, of life, mortality rates for, like... Uh, because of young, infant yeah. mortality rates. That's, yeah. it, it hasn't... Actually, we haven't... We're not growing... We're not... And also, really and old, also later no wars. Different. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. We're not living to 150. Nope. We're still living close to the 90s. Yep. You know, 70 to 90. Same as they did back then. Mm. Only, you know, we have a few more medicines that keep us alive for a little longer. And our, inf- because of antibiotics, infant mortality has yeah. dropped precipitously. And if you're counting a little bit later on, there aren't like world wars that are going to like yes. claim, yes, you know, a also, big chunk of your town. Yeah. That's also an important thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But sure. of course, back then you would then also turn into a ghost. So you know, it's it's a it's a it's a wild world. It's a wild world. Well, did someone uh, did someone do a series? I think they did, where they tied all the Dickens yeah sounds stuff terrible. together. Sounds terrible, but yeah, it's did. it's such a bad idea that they did it recently with Stephen King with uh, the you, you Castle mentioned Rock. that that the yeah. Castle Rock show. And it then, feels like yeah. this is just a thing people decide to do every so often. It's just like, what if all of their work? Was yeah. The, oh, no, no, no. People, no, no need for that. People love continuity. And like I said, from when we talked about it before, is that the only one you could legitimately do that for is Anthony Trollope, because his books do take place in an imaginary world. And that he this inhabited has been your dollop, dollop of, of Trollope. Trollope. <laughs> because he, because of his job, he rode a horse from post office to post office, inspecting and correcting problems in post offices. That was his job. Because he was a fussy man. It was a very good job for him to do. And so while he was riding from place to place, he would imagine stories involving his characters and he would create these castles in the sky for them and these fantastic stories and then in the morning he'd write them out he'd write his 2500 words and the next day he would do the same thing again and he'd write write out those stories do you have now you've they were uh, real people to him yeah now you've you know, uh, sorry not to get too into your your writing process but you've uh, you've started writing novels and such things in the in the in the past right i've i've tried that okay do you feel and this is something i'm kind of feeling right now that when I'm when I'm writing, I'm frustrated uh, that I can't write faster because there's all this stuff that I just want to get out, and mm. I'm limited by the speed of uh, my typing mm. and just you know being able to yeah. get all this. Stuff that is out. frustrating. Like I've got the full story for like the next Sparks right now, and I'm working on it okay. right now, and I'm just like. I just wish there was a, a thing I could just aim at my brain and just go, <laughs> and then put it put it out there, and then I could just huh. like now I'll fiddle with it and I'll ju- and I'll juggle the words around and I'll tighten it all up and I'll do no, it all this because I like the intentionality of writing. That's a part I really like. I like living in that moment and being there, like in that place with those characters. I guess I've got future things in the story that I see so clearly mm-hmm. that I'm like it. They're they're just calling to me and and they're. They're demanding attention. But what if you reached a point in your story and you realized the, what your characters, how your characters were in that moment, that it would spoil your plans for the future? Oh, you got to change it. 
immediately change it. Yeah. Change your plans. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yes, of course. Yeah, and that's what I like about writing. That's my favorite moment in writing, for sure. I love the I love the moment of uh, like how I write. I'll tell you how I write. How I write. Well, I start writing. I start writing the story. What do, do you I, write by hand or you write by typing? I write by typing. I get to a a point where I stop, and when I start again, I will go back. And I will rewrite what I wrote the day before. Not all of it, but, but a chunk of it. Sure. To bring myself up to speed in a way into, into this world and then carry on from there. Mm-hmm. And I'll just do that over and over again. So I'll always go back and write a, rewrite a bit of it and carry on from there. Uh, just kind of refreshes it for me. But I love to be in that world. And there are scenes that I look forward to writing for sure that are in my mind. And I'm like, I hope I get to the scene. I hope it doesn't, hope it doesn't change because I don't yeah. outline. I just start writing. Um, but I, I, I prefer it if the characters, I don't force them to, but if they, if the story needs to change for them, then it will change because they're the, they're the beings who are inhabiting that world and they're, they're, they're what makes it work. So, yeah, I've got a, I've only got one scene that's really missing right now. Uh, again, it's the roughest of rough, uh, uh, you know, scripts mm-hmm. right now. Uh, but, uh, but there's only one scene that's missing and it's because it's an action scene. And I wasn't in the mindset of writing uh, the the action beats yeah. that that happen in there, and it's For like sure. that's a very there's like three major action scenes that happen in the book, and that's just a very different mindset of just like you've got to you've got to now visualize the landscape and where every 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 character is physically, mm-hmm. and where now they move to here and they're yeah. motivated by this. Then what's this character doing over here? Are they just watching this happen? They've got to be doing something at the same time, and so yeah. it's. It's among the trickier sure, uh, sure. bits to do. And also, you know, you don't want to overwhelm the artist with, you know, <laughs> something crazy action-wise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the last book, we have, I don't know how many dogs, you know, attack the characters at once. and like, oh, Nina, that, poor Well, Nina. yeah, but I, to me, when I was coloring it, when I got to the dam bursting page, that was the one that blew my mind how well Nina staged it. Yes, she, yes. Because I felt like that, like if I was given that... You know, in a description, I would have no idea how to how to have foreground action, background action. That's and it's so clear what's happening. Yeah, we can go. Know? We can go over a little bit of what that scene is. It's like there's a there's a family uh, that's in a park and near a dam. Yeah. And yeah, uh, the little the little girl says wet, and uh, it's confusing whether a diaper's wet, but no, no wet. The dam's bursting. Yeah. Reveal the dam's bursting. They're running, and again, it's all it's all reveals. Yeah. It's like, where are we? That reveal. Okay, trouble. Now they're running, and then they they're running faster than they they think they are. Reveal that the dog is now between their legs and yeah. is carrying them yeah. carrying them along. And yeah. Nina does very very good reveals mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But it's just just that first that splash panel of the dam bursting, people seeing it burst, their reactions to it. So you get this almost cinematic uh, way that she's drawn it, where each Step back is a new moment in the yes. in, in the in the. In but that I think that's something you that's can only smart. do in comics as For well. For sure, you, yeah. it wouldn't work in animation. It wouldn't work in live action. No, it's got to no. work in like here's a totally different panel. Now we're now we're you've got to adjust your perspective. This is the same panel. That's what's what, oh, okay, what works for me go. is that the way she she drew it is that you have the dam bursting, but then you have reactions that are time different. Like so, they work in a. In, are you gonna look it up? Or? Yeah, I got it. I got it on my phone. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Why not? So then you. You can see the the pr- progression of of what's happening in the single panel, and that's something once again that you can only do in comics. Yeah. Because you can use eye placement to to change uh, whatever you want, you know, and it's uh, fantastic. I'm like, there it is. Okay. Yeah, this one here. Yeah, you get this wonderful sense of 
Oh, so good. And the coloring's pretty good, too. <laughs> huh. You know, I would change that if I could do it again. <laughs> well, you can do it again. We're doing a second book. <laughs> yeah, this is wonderful. It's so, it, and it's a still picture, but it has a real sense of, of motion to it as well. It's really yes. dynamic. It's, uh, it's also, it's yeah, well how done. the panels are laid out and what have you. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing is I've got to kind of get a little bit into Nina's head as well mm-hmm. and just like how she draws things. Yeah, so it's not yeah. just me thinking of action figures in a space moving around. And then they also got to be true to their characters as well. And it's character-based action, not sure. just action-based yeah, yeah. action no, right. yeah. of mindless yeah. characters doing things. It's, it's, uh, it's, I don't want to say it's like, it's, it's hard, but it's a, it's a very different, uh, mindset than the rest of the stuff. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Cause it's, you don't have to do it. I mean, you do have to do it, but at the same time, no one has a gun to your head to do it. So it's easy to stop doing it when it gets too hard. It's something, mm-hmm. something you have to force yourself through, you know, you know what I mean, right? Yep. You know, like if you decide you're going to write something, you're doing it for reasons that are very tenuous. You know, you just decide, well, I'm going to write. I'm gonna write something. It's been a long, long time since I wrote, though. I really miss it. I love writing, but uh, I wrote all the time as a as a teenager. But my life is a bit different. Mm-hmm. It's harder to find the time to to do those sort of things. Well, it's always there when you want to and I really, get back to it. I really want to finish my um, radio show that I that I was working on. I got to think to episode eleven of twelve, and I stopped. Which oh, was kind okay. of silly. But it's a usual thing for me because if you don't finish it, no one can judge you. Mm. You know, except judging you for not finishing. Well, yeah, but that's I can take that. I can take that criticism. I can't take artistic criticism. That's a different thing entirely. There's something, there's something real, like. I'm I, used to disappointing people. There's something about finishing things though that, uh, that it feels almost like when you play a video game and you, you finish a level and then it goes, you know, all these things are unlocked mm-hmm. that have been locked and you didn't yeah. even know you needed these things and they all become unlocked. Mm-hmm. And then you can go on to the, whatever the next, the next thing is. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, the next will be easy because I've got all these things unlocked. No, no, no. Cause the next level is always hard. <laughs> yes. Cause you always are upping your, yeah. Stake. And as you get closer to the end of it, it gets harder too because yeah. now you have to stop freewheeling it. You have to start actually concentrating yeah. on bringing these different elements together oh, for a well, satisfying with, conclusion. With Exorcisters, Sisters, I'm do, it's a it's a five issue first arc, okay. and I've just finished the fourth issue. And is that what they wanted? Was a five issue? One? No, I did. You wanted it? Yeah, I wanted to be uh, not six issues. Hey, no, 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 no. Okay, uh, and and for and for and for a reason. Because um, six is your favorite number. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, of course it is. I don't know where you're going with that, but it's fine. <laughs> I thought it was. Sorry. No. Uh, the oh, it's my it's my favorite number. Sorry. I tell you what my favorite number is, but then you'd know my a lot of my bank codes, so I'm not going to oh. do that. Uh, no, I wanted to have the first book uh, be shorter than uh, your standard your standard uh, trade. Yeah. Uh, because where I'm going, and again, I'll I'll reveal to you my secret, Dave. Sure. This Please book, reveal. this book that I'm doing, okay. Exorcisters with Giselle yeah. Legacy. Yes. I want this book to be mainstream. I want this book to be a book that people who don't necessarily read comics would read. Okay. And so I think like if you pick up a book and it's quite thick, you might go, meh. But it's like this, this story I feel like will have what it needs and you'll get through it. Yeah. And you might be left wanting a little bit more, mm-hmm. but you won't have, it won't have a, like that filler issue that you sometimes get mm. where you're just like, okay, cause we're, we're not getting to what it, I, I yeah, hope like yeah. everything is moving things forward and always, uh, you know, it's, it, I just, I just want real people, nothing against strong comic fans who already are hip to the language of comics. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to make no, it something that appeals to people who uh, don't necessarily read comics. I'm taking so this that. personally, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm now at the end of the fourth issue going into the fifth 
And the idea of having to wrap everything up mm-hmm. is just like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. <laughs> um, it's true. It's to true. The po- to the point where yeah, yeah. I probably won't wrap everything up. I yeah. will just I will just play it out and see mm, where it that's lands. That's a good idea, actually. You know? It doesn't uh, have to all it doesn't have to all conclude. No, no, it was it was a, I mean, you write out your original outline and just go, and this enormous thing will happen and then everything will tie up and you yeah. just and then you get to it and you just go, or the characters are gonna do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. So I you, mean you I wrote still an outline, hey? Yeah, I well I had to to sell the book. Oh, okay, yeah. You yeah. have to show that you know where you're going yeah, with this. That's true. That's true. And then you hope that they don't read the the outline later. You you know the Walking Dead uh, uh, outline, right? You know uh, what what how the how he sold that? No, real real quick. Robert Kirkman was uh, pitching um, the Walking Dead to Image, and uh, they were like, "No, these zombie books. There's so many zombie books out there. We don't want that." Yeah. And uh, Kirkman was in the room, and he was like, "Well, I've I'm, I've lost this sale." And then he went, "No, okay." And he just made up something. He just went, "Yeah, but the thing is, you don't know that it's really about the aliens." And uh, the publisher, Eric, went, well, what about the aliens? Well, after the first two arcs, we reveal there's really aliens that have been doing this as part of their plan to take over the world. And then you're fighting the aliens. So it's aliens that are making these zombies. Yes. Oh, okay, that's good. All right. Yeah, we'll do that. Let's try that. He's never going to make the aliens. So about when he gets to about the 25th issue, he uh, he confesses. It was, it was, there was never any aliens, but yeah, at that point yeah. it was doing well enough. It was like, yeah. fine. It's okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What you sell I it with isn't necessarily sort of what you know, end up with. I sort of know Eric's and I kind of feel like he wouldn't have enjoyed that prank very much, but okay. It's not really a prank. It's just a desperate attempt yeah, to tell sure. the story that you need to tell. It's a bit, it's a little prankish though. I, Interesting. I, I will tell you a secret. Sure. Please. And everyone out there, just keep, keep mum about this. When I when I was selling the Exorcisters thing, yeah, uh, I started uh, about five pages into the story when I showed Eric the uh, the, the the comic. Okay, uh, and it was because that's where a lot of the action started, mm-hmm. and uh, I went like, I don't want to, I don't want to have any dead exposition. Space. Yeah, I don't want any dead space. Sure. I want the first thing they sees to be something that's like amazing. Yeah, and so yeah, and uh, I was really hoping. Um, that uh, the editor who was there with me, our friend Branwyn, wasn't going to go, oh, we're starting too late. It's, uh, no, there's actually four more. And I'm like, okay, no. No, no. she's cagey. I don't know. I don't know if she noticed that, but it was, it was good. Maybe she was cagey. Maybe she just didn't notice it. And I, I just kept talking while he, while he yeah. browsed through it. Yeah. And at the end of it, they said, they said yes. Cause, Bra- because, uh, Giselle's art is amazing. So sure. why the heck wouldn't she go yeah. with that anyway? Yeah. Plus, who could say no to Branwyn? She's great. Oh, congr- oh, but sorry if she is listening. Yes. Hey, con- Branwyn, congratulations, congratulations on graduating college. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes, yes, Ma- Master Branwyn. I'm gonna call her Doctor Bigglestone. I think that's a better name. If you want, I'm going to. Old now. Doc Bigglestone. Old Doc Bigglestone. Yeah. <laughs> not old. Not old at all. Um, well, let's let's talk a little bit about the 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 radio play that I sure okay that we did because or what we were we were gonna do it. It was kind of funny because one day you said to me. I was talking with someone at CITR, I guess, about okay. old radio shows, and they were like, "We should do one." And you're like, "Wouldn't that be great?" And I was like, "Yeah, that would be really fun to do." He says, "Well, you should." He said, "Well, you should write it out, and then I'll, you know, then we can write it together." We'll and it, I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay, cool." So then I, I think I wrote the first script and I gave it to you, and you're like, "Oh, really good. Keep going." And I was like, "I thought we were doing this together." Uh, <laughs> so. wow, what a dink I am! And yet, here we go. But what I liked, what I enjoyed about writing it was that I created so many. I created all these little rules for myself that made it more difficult to write, but in a way made it more interesting. So every, every, sh- every, okay, it had to be in two parts with a commercial for coal in between the two parts. Okay. And then 
it uh, which is inspired by the shadow which was uh, I think blue blue coal or blue f- whatever they're called they're blue something okay uh, it's been a while since I listened to the shadow uh, but each each 10 minute section or whatever had to have a cliffhanger so there had to be a first part cliffhanger Great. which is picked up in the second part and then the second part ends with a cliffhanger which is picked up in the next show okay and every episode was like that there's always a cliffhanger each episode with a cool commercial in between it but what was good about that was that it creates this interesting framework that you're just kind of plugging things into and it actually made it way easier to write although there was hard and, things and, where and also very similar puzzles. to probably how people wrote radio shows back in the day yeah yeah they did sure. have that same structure they had that structure yeah and i'm always interested in hacks and i don't mean that in an insulting way but i'm interested in people that maybe weren't writing their dream project mm-hmm. but were writing for money yeah but did a really good job at it sure you know, and it became a beloved thing. And it became a beloved thing, that's right. Like The Shadow, for instance, which is just complete hokum. Mm-hmm. But done with lo- done in a loving way by the people who made it. By the way. It transcends itself. Someone someone who that describes is Stan Lee. There you go. He wanted to write the great American novel. Mm-hmm. This was never his thing. No, no. And he wanted to do movies. Yeah. And he ended up in movies. That's great. It's a happy ending to that story. Sure. But it was definitely not uh, He's not really for the making them, time. but he's, yeah. He's in all of them. Yeah. Yeah. But I just mean, if you wanted to make movies, it's not really... Doing a cameo isn't the same, but it's cool. Yeah. But he created the characters that oh, for all sure. these movies yeah, yeah, are yeah. based on. For sure, that's That the great. most successful movies right now in the he world to, are based on. He gets to see the success of his characters. Yes, yeah. which which must be like an amazing thing. But yeah, that's sure. a guy who just was like, well, let's get him out. And then, and then you know, for all that they were like, this is the Marvel Age of Comics and this. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, the, the, that's just, just hucksterism. Of, oh, yeah. Just, that wasn't real. No, no. You just pretend the Marvel it's, bullpen and all that stuff. It's yeah, just, you just yeah, pretend it's, it's a, like it's all yeah. it's all a thing until it is a thing. For sure. Now let me ask you this about your uh, radio uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, is there any reason that we couldn't just do it? Uh, and then, like, I know you haven't got the twelfth episode, but uh, so what? You'll figure it out by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we should. All right. Well, that could be our next thing after Mark's brother. <laughs> okay, we'll have to start. All right. Oh, dig them out. Sounds good. I'll dig them out. Uh, sorry if I left you hanging on that. I'm not sure where oh, no, my no, mindset no, was no. at the time. It was uh, no, it was fine. I just feel like I think you were right because you probably looked at it and went, "Oh, Dave really." Dave has knows, a what, this he yeah, knows what this is. He knows what this is. Got a no, handle on no, it. There's no reason for me to do this. Yeah, yeah. And you just said, "Well, you just go ahead. This is really good." So, so yeah, it was fun to do. I wonder if I read it now, if I'd feel like, "Ugh, the melodrama." Blah. Well, you can always tweak it, but That's don't true. tweak it too much. That's true. Don't look at it with uh, with a future eye too much. Yeah, yeah. Just let it be what it is. Yeah, just become. You know what? Go go become the performer for a while. And are, you're in it, right? You're gonna do some acting in it. Uh, I doubt it. Ah, uh, that's wrong. You're gonna you're <laughs> gonna act in it. I'll be in the first episode. Why don't you be the uh, voice for the coal ad? Sure, I can do that. I can do that. Can what's the What's the coal company called? Oh, I can't remember anymore. I have to dig it out. Coca Cola. Coca Cola. No, nothing. Nothing like a pun. It's, it's all very straight. It's done super straight. Sure. Full of stuff. I'm just making up how you do coal and things like that like it's just all made up nice i, mean, I had i have no idea how people heated their house with coal. well i think we uh, we're going to take a little break after we do the marx brothers thing and then we'll figure this out sure be fun you know and uh will we be doing it in these studios here we do not know maybe i'll not have this a new, new house. <laughs> no maybe i'll be doing i'll i'll have a house by then yeah. and we'll record it like in a little you know here's the thing as soon as i uh, found out like oh you might be losing the house I immediately look at like houses in the neighborhood okay like, for rent yeah very few yeah. very few yeah. but a couple of them had those little uh weird sheds in the backyard okay yeah and it was like you can make it to your uh artist studio or your yeah. Uh, yeah. and i was like no it's a podcast studio is what that is 100 <laughs> percent. that's where you record your little radio things and whatnot <laughs> and fun. Like, what would that be like in the summer scalding hot i don't know but oh. we can have the windows open and all we would hear are birds oh beautiful birds that would be nice yes 
<laughs> Agreed. By the way, it was funny when you were doing the Marx Brothers. Oops, uh, when you were doing the Marx Brothers podcast a little bit earlier. Yeah. There was a pigeon that was really giving you the stink eye. Oh really? Yeah, he was just behind you, and he was just like looking at you and just like <laughs> big fan, shaking his head back and big forth, fan. just like why? Where's, what? What do you? No. What the hell? No. What? Yeah. Where's, what, the, where's what the Rich a, Brother podcast? <laughs> That is, uh, well, because he thinks it's involving crackers. <laughs> this is a pigeon. He's a pigeon. He's very pro. <laughs> cracker based very economy. Pro crackers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hooray for birds, is what we're saying. Dave, <laughs> we can start rapping pretty soon if you want. We're, uh, we're at, uh, a good, a goodly time. We're good people. Uh, we're blazing hot. It's like coming up on an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. We and have we have talked a while. We bared our soul. We bared, bared and, our soul. And we got to rest up for our question episode. That's true. Why don't you tell true. the people about it? Everyone, you want to have a say in our show. I'm sure you do. Sometimes you listen to us and you go, I love when Dave and Ian talk about this, but they haven't talked about it for a long time. Yeah. Why not? Well, you yeah, know why, why not? Yeah, why haven't you discussed the, uh, the Olympics? It's been a long time since you talked about the Olympics. <laughs> sure has. Yep. Almost four years. Yep. Uh, it, but, you know... There's still things that we probably have mentioned and then we just let go because, you know, we yeah. don't, we have attention deficit syndrome. Your uh, weekly bashing of Stephen Harper. You very seldom do that. I, he's like he's disappeared. Yep. That's right. My, um, what was it called there? Carper about Harper. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I do uh, even Stevens and then I'd like, uh, I'd counterpoint all the things going, give him a break. <laughs> he's, he's singing Beatles songs. You like that shit. <laughs> I do. What was his band called? What was this band called? Uh, the Harp Seals. It was, it was I a French. No it was a French pun. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was like cat. It had cat in it, like un, like Saint Cat or something like that. The something. It was. Weird. Oh. It was some kind of weird thing like that. I'll have to look it up. You know what? Even even our conservative politicians. Yes. Pretty interesting. Or have goofy fun. Yeah, goofy fun. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? We're all and human. he had those steely hypnotic eyes that was just steely a, just look eye. look into your soul and turn you to glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting character. Well, you know, I don't think that the friendliest, kindest, gentlest people work their way up to those sort of positions no, always. this is very true. I think it takes a bit of steel, a little steel in your heart to get, get to those sort of Why places. don't you ask us political questions? That could you be could fun. do that. We can talk about that in a very not interesting manner. So, yes, everyone, next week, episode 350, we are celebrating our 350th episode, which is pretty amazing. And we'd love to share it with you by you asking us questions. We'll answer your questions seriously with heartfelt answers that... <laughs> That we've pondered snappy, and thought over. Or snappy or answers. snappy answers to your stupid <laughs> questions. We don't know. But anyway, please write in. You can contact <laughs> us uh, at sneaky, uh, sneaky Dragon at, or sorry, SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. Of course, on our website, there's a comments board. You can ask us questions there if you want. You can... Uh, SneakyDragon.com. Yeah. Tweet us on Twitter. We're uh, <laughs> at Sneak underscore Dragon. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can message us there. You can send us a, a message, and we will get your message, and then we'll lose it because Facebook is very confusing. Have you ever noticed how confusing? I've actually learned something just the other week. What was that? What'd you learn? Uh, there's a separate tray in your in our um, inbox inbox that yeah. has other this, no not other but just messages people send that aren't necessarily yeah. that are like posts on our page that we can't see but aren't messages directly to us but we can access them through this little thing. Yes, I thought you so were looking dumb. at those. Okay, so dumb. All right, now you know. Well, I would look at them, but then I could never find them again. Oh, okay. Very good. It's really, frust- it really frustrating. Or yeah. as my mom likes to say, frustrating. And you know uh, when you go mm-hmm. to your like uh, messenger, right, that there's always that other column where it's like mm. you know, people who uh, you're not friends with on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And they're usually writing and going, hey, Dave, why are you okay? Yeah, why are you ignoring me? Why are you ignoring me? <laughs> I, gave, I gave you money on Patreon. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh no by the way if you want to give us money on patreon you're welcome to that's yes fine please too. it really helps us out it's great and if you enjoy this show then you should do that oh and also by the way or i'm gonna whatever. be uh after we do our uh uh, big uh, anniversary episode. I'm going to take off for a little while to New York City. New York, New City, York City. City. Uh, so if you know uh, something fun to do in New York City, uh, let me know because I'm looking for things to do in New York City. Oh well, you should uh... wear some flowers in my hair. That's San Francisco, you <laughs> fool. <laughs> then forget what I was going to say. All right. Um, did I miss anything? We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have email we have the t-shirts are on the way t-shirts are yes t-shirts are on the way everyone by, so by the sparks please book. Um, i apologize for the delay just some problems with with my brain and uh trying to find uh, a, a reliable company that would make them for us at a reasonable price that was the really important yeah. part because i don't want to i don't want to underwrite your wearing my t-shirts or wearing our t-shirts i should say not my t-shirts what happened there ego took over <laughs> yep. anyway everyone let's let my id regain its control and yep. uh is it, or is it bad? I don't know. In the wizard, the in the like wizard the of it, the uh, are you thinking the it, the ego, the super ego, super ego? I know is a good podcast. <laughs> wizard of it is an okay comic strip. Hmm. Super ego is a really good waffle. Everyone... Why isn't that a thing? Yeah. How's that not been a thing? Super ego. He turns into super ego. <laughs> this is a pun on super ego. Yeah. What the hell? It's not thinking people out there. How's there not been with the Guardians of the Galaxy that second one where the yeah. guy's name was Ego? How come they never made an ego out of ego? You know, you know why? It's just that the uh, young estate just their murder with their licensing. <laughs> what was that? Snappy whistles <laughs> to stupid jokes. <laughs> young, he's the one who created No, I the got concept. it. I understood. This is, this is, okay, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to render myself collectively unconscious. I shouldn't belabor these horrible jokes. Anyway, everyone, thank you for listening to the show this week. We're really looking forward to seeing you next, or not seeing, but you know, you know what I mean. Seeing your questions next week. How does that sound? All right, everyone. Bye. Bye. Burning up, boiling hot. Burning And it was <laughs> when we what? left, it was blowing a cool breeze. Yeah, I can't believe that. It like literally feels like there's heat coming from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like I, it, oh. okay, it is what it is. Let's get some silence and start this up. Do do do.